Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, Fiji's first semi-professional rugby league team has begun training. Progress in Solomon Islands towards the 2023 Pacific Games. And aspiring athletes get their chance to impress an NFL legend. But first, Papua New Guinea's National Soccer League will feature a heavily reduced lineup of 10 teams in the upcoming season. That's a dramatic drop from the record 27 sides that featured in last season's expanded competition, which was split into four regional conferences. The Papua New Guinea Football Association president, John Kapinato, says he does not regret taking football to the four corners of the country, but admits it was ultimately too expensive to maintain. There are good things about it, and there are also very difficult things about it because of uh, they lack sponsors. Uh, sponsors could not meet the dues of those clubs that came from the conferences, so it was quite tough. And there's a bit of challenge there with the distance of travelling and things like that. But overall... Everybody supported the idea. They, they think it is a brilliant idea and they want to continue the conference. But then uh, as we came to the end of the season last year, 2018 and 2019, we, we PNGFA executive committee members then sat down and said, uh, maybe because 50% of the clubs could not uh, be able to afford their dues, let's try and self that for a while uh, for this season and then let's try and look at the... Uh, uh, the, the, the concept of the Premier League or Premier Division that we, we need to give an open invitation so that uh, whichever clubs that, that feels that they want to play at a higher level then uh, then that could put the expression of interest. So so with the, the ESCO members uh, approved that and then we, we took it to the National Soccer League Board and then they agreed about it. So then we, we put an expression of interest out. And uh, to our surprise... And about 10 clubs have uh, committed to it. So, so w- were you expecting more clubs to commit or, or less? Right now, is 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 only 10 clubs because the the arrangement of that is quite different because you know you got to pay about uh, say almost 90,000 uh, fee or 90,000 tina, which is probably about 20,000 or 25,000 New Zealand dollars to participate in this league. So that league now becomes in home in a way. Uh, it's likened to the previous years, so we've now strengthened that so that uh, we now also have a major sponsor who comes on board to support our national league in the country. So it's now it's an home and away competition. So, so I mean, there's obviously been a delay in this new season starting, but you think ultimately taking that extra bit of time, uh, making it affordable, ensuring that the clubs have the financial backing and the resources to compete properly, you think that that was necessary and that... You think this is the right way forward? Yeah, the setup of the Conference League is a good uh, pathway for many of the young people. And uh, I've already, as the president, I've already sent word to all those regions that uh, we have selfed it. We have not forgotten about it. We will revive it again next season at the member association level in the country. 
But at the moment now, we need to take our football to the next level. We need to play at a very high level so that our selections of our national team would be selected from that level. I mean, we, we can't go way down and pick our players from the bottom. They've got to be playing at a very high level. So in both ways, they are good. I and mean, the premier level is part of our elite competition of Papua New Guinea Football Association. That's where we find our winners and runners-up to participate in the OFC Champion League. That's how it has been set up now with our premier division. So, so you're expecting a much higher standard of football to be played this time around? Yeah, yes, you're right, you're right, because you have a good club, for example, you have a Lay City playing against a new club in the Highlands, you know, which is quite different, and then they score about five mil. Uh, it's also a bit of a difference, I mean, the level of uh, football there. So now that we have, uh, you know, put an expression of clubs that are willing to play at a high level, and that comes also with a criteria of the club that you must have a certified coach and and all that, and then players are playing at a, at a higher level. So we try to differentiate on that. So with the level that we're going now with the Premier League, I think we will have players and the clubs competing at a very high level on the home and away. So, for example, Hekari is in there, and then Lacey is in there, former Toki, is now in the FC. We've got some brilliant clubs coming up like Bougainville FC, and and uh, and the players are moving from club to club. And they're signing up and they're playing in those uh, clubs in the league. And, and so last year there were four conferences. Are there teams from each yeah. of those four conferences represented in this new league? Yes, uh, definitely yes. Uh, only one conference is missed out, uh, New Guinea Islands. Uh, it was a shame and uh, we regret not having a club coming from there because uh, sponsors uh, did not try to support uh, a club from the New Guinea Islands. New Guinea Islands is made up of all the islands in the, uh, like the New Guinea, uh, East New Britain, West New Britain, Cajun, Manus and Bougainville. So that's part of the region. Uh, we have now a club from the Highlands, which is a new club now. It's, it's going to be based in the Highlands. We got four in the Northern and then we've got five in the southern, so it's all, all together a mix up of ten, unfortunately for the New Guinea Islands. So about the three regions are represented. And, and so how, how do you ensure that football in the New Guinea Islands, and to a lesser extent, I guess, in the Highlands, as you say, there's, there's one club, how do you ensure that football in those regions is not forgotten, that players there with aspirations and young players wanting to come through, uh, that they still have opportunities? We're looking, I'm not forgetting about the New Guinea Islands because we want to take football there and they're very passionate about it in the New Guinea Islands and we've conveyed message to them that due to a sponsor could not pick up a team, PNGFA is not forgotten about them, but we will also give an opportunity back in the 2020 season on the Conference League. Conference League will have to come back again because that is where our bulk of our member association lives around the country. So in their conferences, they can play each other and, 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 and then uh, find their way to the top. So in that way, we're still working with the sponsors for 2020. Hopefully we can get a club that represents from that region to participate in the Premier League division. So it's a matter of time. And uh, John, uh, as I understand it, uh, obviously we've had this delay, but it's all going to kick off this weekend. So, 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 you know, after a long wait, uh, all of a sudden we're into it. Yeah, it's a, it's a long wait. I uh, know uh, because a lot of the clubs have been waiting. Uh, who's who's going to be on and uh, who's going to be participating and all that. The date is to be kicking off this weekend. Uh, I've met with our sponsors and uh, everybody's gearing up to go for Christmas and the closing of the office. And I said, well, football must still go on. <laughs> and so we are kicking off this Saturday 
We've got our launching with our sponsors on Thursday, and hopefully we kick off on, on this coming Saturday. That's the Papua New Guinea Football Association President John Kapinato. Preparations for Fiji's first semi-professional rugby league team are well underway, with a 45-man squad turning up for pre-season training and a final squad of 30 players to be selected after the Christmas break. The Kaiviti Silk Tails will compete in the second tier of New South Wales Rugby League in 2020, with an eye to eventually taking part in the Canterbury Cup, which is one rung below the NRL. The club's also signed a three-year partnership with the Cronulla Sharks NRL team to provide a direct pathway into first grade for young Fijian players. Former Fiji Bati captain Petro Thivanathiva was a driving force behind the deal and told Tyle Anderson it's an exciting time for rugby league in the country. Just a, a wonderful opportunity uh, in signing our agreement with the Cronulla Sharks um, uh, for our team of local boys that will uh, play in the, in the New South Wales uh, Rugby League competition, the Ron Massey Cup. So the Ron Massey Cup is the third tier competition in Sydney. Um, so NRL being tier one, Canterbury Cup being tier two, uh, and we'll feature in tier three. Uh, so uh, it is a wonderful opportunity for our, our local players. Uh, we're going to be training full-time in Fiji, travelling across to Sydney to play in their competition, and vice versa, our Sydney teams will come across to play us in Fiji. Uh, the partnership now uh, with the Cronulla Sharks just ensures that that development pathway is, is, is very much defined. Uh, now for our local players, uh, they get a, a real good opportunity to now be in the eyes of the Cronulla Sharks, who uh, are very excited about this partnership. And does this partnership include the women's side as well? Um, yes, uh, at the moment, um, in year one, we're, we're looking at um, obviously just our, uh, our men's team uh, into the Ron Massey Cup. Uh, but in year two, um, we are looking at uh, bringing in our uh, Kaiviti Silk Tails women's team. Uh, and uh, we're talking to the New South Wales Rugby League and the NRL about that prospect of, uh, of which competition we can align this team in. So, again, it's not just a, a wonderful opportunity for our young male players, but also too for our young females that... Uh, that are enjoying their rugby uh, league and uh, looking at opportunities to, to play in Australia and New Zealand. I watched a video of you when you played, I think it was your last game for Fiji, and you got quite emotional when you were talking about home and just the desire yeah. that young kids have to play and to put on the Fijian jersey. So this partnership must be something pretty special for you. Yeah, it is. I mean, I guess I've been on that journey um, ever since 2013 uh, from that Rugby League World Cup. Uh, it was my first ever time pulling on the Fiji Bati jersey and uh, after all the years of playing for Queensland, playing for Australia, uh, just to honour my heritage was, was, it was a huge, uh, huge thing for me and, and, and my family. Um, and obviously you've seen in recent times uh, Jason Tomalolo and, and the other NRL boys that uh, are playing for Tonga now and, and there's that, that real connection and that real desire to, to represent their heritage, to honour their heritage. And for me, um, back in 2013, it was a wonderful uh, way to finish up my representative career. Um, and then that sort of set me on my journey um, in, in wanting to do more for Fiji. Uh, it's been, uh, since 2013, been, been on this, uh, this path to, to try and find opportunities for our local players in Fiji. And uh, finally, here we are, 2019, we finally uh, got it done. Uh, we've been accepted into the Ron Massey Cup and uh, now w- wonderful news in partnering with the Cronulla Sharks uh, NRL team. That's the former Fiji Bati captain Petro Thivanathiva speaking with Tale Anderson. The Pacific Games Council is confident planning for the 2023 Games in Solomon Islands remains on target. 
Honiara won the hosting bid three years ago, but only secured land to build the new main stadium in 2018. Ground was broken last week at the site of a new high-performance sports centre in Honiara, with the construction of other venues set to begin next year. The Pacific Games Council president, Vidya Lakan, told Talay Anderson it was an important milestone. The uh, Prime Minister was there and he spoke uh, at some length about uh, the commit, his personal and his government's commitment uh, in the staging of the 2023 Pacific Games, which will be hosted in uh, the Solomon Islands. One of the things they want to ensure, like other previous hosts, is uh, that... Uh, in 2023, the Solomon Island athletes uh, prepare, uh, participate and represent their country in the chosen sport uh, credibly. So what they're trying to do is to build up a, a sports institute, uh, which uh, should be ready, I think, from memory by October of next year. And that uh, it will be the institute's responsibility to prepare uh, most of the athletes in the different sports uh, for 2023. What happened was uh, they secured a land, in fact, uh, I understand they bought it from uh, the National Provident Fund, and there's a a small structure there at the present time, so that structure will be uh, uh, pulled down, and then they will uh, build uh, a proper institute uh, for salmon athletes and, of course, it will not only be for uh, preparing athletes for 2023, but post-2023 games, uh, it will still, uh, still be there helping uh, Solomon athletes for all future games. Uh, is this the first venue in the Solomon Islands to be built uh, in preparation for the 2023 Pacific Games? Uh, yeah, this is uh, the, the first one. And then, of course, there are other uh, facilities that will uh, be built for... Uh, the other sports, there's 24 of them on the sports program. From your point of view, how are preparations? I know it's still early days, but how are preparations for the? 20- well, the, yeah, the, the the planning is is pretty good and it's on target. Uh, there's a, a, a little bit of uh, a setback because uh, initially it was the Taiwanese government that was going to build the facilities, but because of the shift uh, from Taiwan to China. Uh, it's, uh, the Chinese government is now taking over the uh, uh, the project, and whilst I was in Solomon Islands, uh, there were a group of Chinese meeting uh, the hosting authority and people concerned with the, the staging of the games. You know, I think it's it's widely known when a go- when uh, any country or nation hosts the games, there is a considerable amount of uh, uh, development uh, work that goes on. Uh, development in the sense that uh, a lot of uh, sporting facilities uh, are, are renovated uh, or built from uh, ground upwards uh, so that uh, the competition they will host uh, will have, uh, if not world-class, but uh, top-class of uh, facilities for the youth, youth who will be participating in, in the Games. That's the President of the Pacific Games Council, Vidya Lakan. Budding American footballers made the most of an opportunity to be put through their paces by NFL legend Jesse Sapolu at an event in South Auckland at the weekend. Sapolu is a four-time Super Bowl champion with the San Francisco 49ers and is the founder of the Polynesian Football Hall of Fame. 
Felicity Reid spoke with him in Auckland as he prepared for one of the super lineman challenges he runs globally. You know, I grew up in Independence Samoa, and, and, and uh, the first sport I ever played was rugby. So uh, I kind of know what these kids are, gonna, are going through right now because when I came to the, to the States as a nine-year-old, uh, I didn't know what American football was, but uh, uh, I was blessed to get an education in college uh, using the game of American football. And then I was lucky enough to play with the San Francisco 49ers for 15 years and uh, uh, earn four Super Bowls. So uh, hopefully that pedigree is good enough to come back and say, look, I started off the same way uh, you're starting off, but in a little, in a lot smaller market in Apia. And, uh, and hopefully I can share uh, those same opportunities with you. And with the Polynesian Hall of Fame, why do you think it's important to recognize those athletes? Well, I think uh, one of the things that uh, we're starting to be well-known in, in America is uh, how we are strong athletes, but we're very humble and respectful. And a lot of that comes from uh, the foundation of who we are as Polynesian people. You know, uh, uh, especially in my Samoan uh, uh, culture, uh, there's a chiefly protocol. You know, everybody in, in a family has a chief and. So when those kids are raised in that atmosphere and then they come to a, 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 on a football team, they look at the coach as a chief. So the, the respect is naturally there. And, and American coaches love that because they don't have to teach the respect part of it. They, our Polynesian kids walk softly, but when they put them on the field, it's, it's a different story. The people that have turned out today are probably mainly Polynesian people. Is that who you think mostly pick it up, the smaller markets like New Zealand? Well, it's not. We're not here just for Polynesian kids. We're here for New Zealand kids. You know, uh, you know Polynesians. We, we have a lot of success now in American football, but the majority is still African Americans and and uh, and whites, uh, Caucasians. So, uh, if we have a, a a kid from New Zealand that's uh, white, that's six foot four, that has good grades and has the ability, we we are bringing them to the mainland as long as his parents give us the permission to do so. There's obviously some people here who are fans of yours as well. Uh, you know, I, sometimes I, I, I chuckle a little bit because some of these kids that are NFL fans, you know, thank God for for uh, the internet. Uh, they can Google my name and, and see what I've done because a lot of these kids weren't born when I was, I was playing. But, you know, um, it doesn't matter as far as I use my influence to give them opportunities. That's the, that's the most important thing. That was Felicity Reid speaking with former NFL player Jesse Sapolu. And that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. Thank you very much for listening. You can always listen to this and other programmes on our website, rnzi.com. to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.